0: Hey, everybody. How's it going? Uh, you are listening to the Jerusalem U's JU Israel Teachers Lounge podcast. I think our name is getting too long. I'm your host, Michael Unterberg. I'm here as always with co-host Alan Goldman. How's it going, Alan? Okay, Michael. What, why is our, has our name changed? Well, I added Jerusalem U because I'm trying to make people realize that we're part of the broader Jerusalem U family. But as you know, the point of this podcast is to keep you in touch with Israel so that you're always in contact and you can understand some of the big ideas about uh, what what the story of Israel is beyond headlines and other
1: things floating through the ether. <sighs> ah! Rate us. Rate us on I, uh, iTunes. Rate us on Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm
0: not sure you can rate on Stitcher, but we, we find the ratings, we've, we've gotten some ratings and it's already making a huge difference. So we see numbers going up a bit and uh, any recommendations are helpful. But in particular, even if you don't listen to us on iTunes, if you can give us a, a rating on iTunes, that's a big help. And feedback. Feedback is good, and you can feedback through all the usual channels, and if you zoom to the end of the podcast, it gives you all our contact information, so we don't have to go through all of it now. Uh, we have
1: started teaching this week. How's that going for you, Alan? Uh, well, it's always, you know, getting back on the saddle is always, you know, a... Uh uh, some trepidation always some um, you know I know i've done right, driven this horse ridden this horse ridden this horse driven this horse i don 't know whatever it doesn't matter we live in Israel or English can be terrible yeah exactly many many times, but every time it's it's exciting it's full of trepidation and nervousness the butterflies the um the excitement and of course. New stuff we want to bring in. The world changes, and we want to uh, also address that. All right, we're working
0: to update the material, and we meet all the new people. and When you teach, yeah. you know, people for a year when they visit Israel, so it's always jarring. You finish by the end of a year, you really get to know people and connect with them, and then in come the new people, and they're all sort of shell shocked <laughs> from landing in Israel and
1: starting a whole new experience. And, and, you know, since we we partner with like over twenty one schools, you know, you think, oh, well, this school is this type. And then you like, go in the first class and realize, wow, it is just so different than last year. Mm-hmm. So it is like kind of a type, but not really, I think. Right. Every group has its own personality, just like individuals do. It's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I guess in, a, in, another, in another lifetime to be like a, you know, a psychologist who focuses on group dynamics would be a, a fun thing. Yeah, but I'd still I'd
0: probably quit that and go back to teaching.
1: Like a group, you know, like understanding group group, group psychology and group think and and then how it forms and how groups form together.
0: Right. Well, it's interesting to read things like that as a teacher because I don't necessarily want to do all that laboratory research. I like working with people, but you know, in the field. But their insights sometimes confirm or sometimes make you realize things you didn't understand.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Definitely. Sort of Obviously, helps class. You know, when you see, uh, kind of seeing it from different perspectives. Right? Because it's always, it's not like one perspective. You say, oh, like psychology could add this, sociology adds that, you know, education adds that.
0: Um, everything probably connects to everything, but in education, everything is so sharply relevant to what you do day in, day out, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, our topic for today is much less lofty than our deep teacher lounge insights into our jobs, we wanted to talk about something that, at least on its surface, seems pretty frivolous and silly. Uh, And that is the really two events this summer that I think are an indication of something bigger, and, and I think we'll give you some examples to show you that it's not just these two examples. But the two examples from this summer that struck us was Gal Gadot's huge hit, Wonder Woman, and she's now like one of the top A Hollywood's most recognizable stars on planet Earth, this nice Israeli lady. <laughs> and... Israeli lady. You sound like you're in the 1950s, this nice Israeli lady. <laughs> She's a nice, nice Yiddish and y- What can I say? And uh, also, Conan O'Brien's trip to Israel this summer, which he's been releasing clips of already in social media. I assume they'll appear on his television show when he goes back to the States.
1: Yeah, I think they make a whole show out of it. I, I'm not really a big Conan O'Brien watcher other than the Louis C.K. clip we use in class. (laughs) It's going to the moon. It's going to space. Sorry, write that one if everybody remembers that uh, video of Louis C.K. and Conan. But the um, everything is amazing.
2: They don't care because this is what people are like now. They got their phone and they're like, ugh, it won't... Give it a second. It's going to space. Can you give it a second to get back from space? Is the speed of light too slow for you? I was on on an airplane and there was internet, high speed internet on the airplane. That's the newest thing that I know exists. And I'm sitting on the plane and they go, open up your laptop, you can go on the internet. And it's fast and I'm watching YouTube clips. I'm in an airplane. And then it breaks down. And they apologize, the internet's not working. The guy next to me goes, this is bull!") <laughs> <laughs> like, how quickly the world owes him something yes. he knew existed only ten seconds ago. Right. Right. And on planes... <laughs> I mean, flying is the worst one, because people come back from flights, and they tell you their story. And it's like a horror story. It's they act like their flight was like a cattle car in the 40s in Germany. That's how bad they make it sound. They're like, it was the worst day of my life. First of all, we didn't board for 20 minutes. And then we get on the plane and they made us sit there on the runway for 40 minutes. We had to sit there. Oh, really? What happened next? Did you fly through the air incredibly (laughs) like a bird? Did you partake in the miracle of human flight, you non-contributing zero, that you got to fly? You're flying! It's amazing! Everybody on every plane should just constantly be going, Oh, my God! Wow! Yes! You're flying. You're, You're sitting in a chair... In the sky. Yes. Yeah. 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 Come on, he's right. Now, now, Louis... But but it doesn't doesn't go back a lot. And it's it's not really... You know, here's the thing. People, like, they say there's delays on flights. Delays, really? New York to California in five hours. That used to take 30 years. (laughs) To do that, and a bunch, of you would die on the way there, and have a baby. You'd be a whole different group of people by the time you got there. <laughs> now you want.
1: Are-
0: why do Why do we use that clip from the Conan O'Brien show with Louis C.K.?
1: Oh, you want to You want to veer off into a little teacher stuff here? Briefly, if you're bringing it up. Okay. So um, we use it usually at the end of the first uh, introduction class. Um, where he gives, I always say to my students, you can get musr or sort of ethical training in all kinds of different places, and that's a real good musr lesson there of appreciating what, what you have and that everything is really amazing. And we live in an amazing time. We live in an amazing time when we have a state of Israel and you know a state that actually our grandparents could not imagine or envision. Um, until it happened, you know.
0: One, one of the, and I think this is a theme actually in the Torah of like you know, forty days after getting out of, out of Egypt, you know, or not forty, fifty days after getting out of Egypt, and they get the Torah, and then forty days after that, they're sitting. We take the miraculous for granted so quickly as humans. They start complaining. They start open. complaining. I mean, it's just amazing. And we look at them and we say, how could they take miracles for granted so quickly? And yet, I think that's exactly what we do in our own way, if we're not conscious, to learn the lesson. And I think that's part of what Louis C.K. was saying to Conan. Yeah,
1: he says, you know, we live in the most amazing time, and then I won't go on what he says about the generation because that would be not appropriate for our podcast, but maybe we'll put a clip on it and you can listen to it. Well, um, I think I'll put the clip in before this. Can I
0: put in the full uh, clip or is it too?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you'll see. I trust you. Um, oh great <laughs> Anyway so but so I think he makes a, either a show about it Or a series of shows about his time when he's traveling My guess is And I don't know I didn't read
0: what he's going to do My guess is what hosts usually do They'll have like a theme week And he'll do comedy clips from being in Israel He'll do his regular show But then they'll have little uh, little bits He'll do little segments during the show Where he shows his trip to Israel That's I know uh, Colbert recently did that from Russia Every night he had like a 10 minute little movie
1: so what's interesting is is it's le- le- releasing on, on social media, and I don't know how many like of your general audience looks at the social media stuff, but I think it, you know it gets a lot of play within my social media um, you know bubble, where everybody's passing around the, you know the Jewish um, Israel bubble, and everybody's all excited and proud about it. That was my phone, um, you know, just like we sort of get all excited about Gal Gadot, who really is no more than just an individual who is an Israeli citizen, a proud Israeli citizen, who has now reached this incredible fame as Wonder Woman. So
0: what, what do you think? Do you think that I, I, people, as you say, in our social network, are making a very big deal about this? Do you think it's an over-big deal? Do you think it really is a value? Do you think what, what, what conclusions are you led to after this summer of Israeli proliferation? And are, are these just the peaks in something that's been happening in popular culture? Because we had some other examples, really. So
1: I think, yeah, I think uh, uh, the connection I see, again, of course, is of, uh, also the music, the, the the amount of major stars that have come to Israel in the last few years to do concerts. I'm a little bit more connected, I guess, in the music world. But it resonates with me. Like the pretenders are coming. And very soon. Yeah, I have to look at tickets. They're so
0: expensive, though. But, but, um, but that's already something a little bit different. That's foreign acts saying we're coming to Israel. That's, that's different. Except that Conan is going to put Israel on camera around the world, and people are going to see scenes of normal Israeli life. They're going to see Jews. They're going to see Arabs. They're going to see. I don't know what he's going to release. Dude,
1: you're being very 20th century. I mean, these bands that come, they release on their Facebook. They release, you know, pictures and movies and Facebook Live and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yes, he has a TV show. But uh, the the connection I see is that you know we're all scream you know scream from here to tomorrow and we do it too our organization about BDS but is it really realistic you know it's not like if if israel is a subject of interest both going out and coming in then that's, you know, that we are part of the world. That's saying that we are really a a major spot on the world. I I think there's something else.
0: I, I I I would frame it differently. I think Israel is not a subject of interest. In other words, I think for people, I don't think most people notice if even Justin Bieber performs in Israel. I don't know what stops, even bands that I listen to. I don't know what stops they make on their tour. I'm not paying attention. Oh, are they going to Copenhagen this year? No, it's a, Ooh, it's Copenhagen.
1: A, it's a subject of interest for the bands coming in, I say, because it's a subject of interest for them because they have fans here. And they want to do put them on the world tour because they're going to make money and they're going to get to their fan base. So that's why it's a subject of interest, as I'm saying.
0: that. I so that for them, they have a practical interest. But what yeah. I'm saying is I think – and I, I think that's still qualitatively different – Than Gal Gadot reaching international fame as an Israeli, and she's very clearly Israeli. And that's all of her in her celebrity interviews, and it it comes up. And Conan O'Brien showing Israel around the world. And I think I think, in a sense, what to me is striking is that they're not treating it. uh, It's not being treated as a subject of interest. It's not being treated as like, can you believe we put an Israeli in this movie? Or can you believe Conan's in Israel? It's treated as. Uh, we have actors from – we have British actors. We have French actors. Here's an Israeli actor. Yeah,
1: so I'll tell you two things about that. One, I, I, a subject of interest, I don't mean like – I didn't mean like a, uh, a um, conflicting interest or anything. I just mean it's a subject it, of interest because you see it. When Gal Gadot is interviewed somewhere, her Israeliness comes up. Right. And, you know, and certain Israeli characteristics um, uh, come up. So that and, and Conan, it's clear, is subject of interest or he wouldn't be coming to this like he goes to other places. And I'm not saying I'm not saying a subject of interest may, may be right, no differently than, you know, France or Moscow or so. Well, France or Russia, I guess. Um, uh, but I'm saying that therefore it, it's within. I mean, and I mean, it's subject of interest in a normative sense. Like any other place in the world is a subject of interest. And like a person who was a French actor, they would be interested in that like that angle. Yeah, yeah. There's it like comes an up when Katie Couric interviewed
0: her about Wonder Woman, they talked about life in Israel and so that's uh, what I mean for a
1: subject of interest. Right? In
0: a normal in a normalized manner. Well I, I do think and, and here's I guess here's the crux of my question. Are these things helpful to Israel because they normalize Israel in the eyes of Westerners? Or Are we as Jews so paranoid, and we think everybody thinks Israel is so weird? When really, people just don't think about Israel that much. So it's 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 as normal for them to have Gal Gadot as I can't remember the name of the French actress. I'm trying to. She played Talia Al in the terrible Dark Knight Rises movie. But anyway, but pick your foreign actor or actress. In other words, to most people, all right, this is really like I just never had a second thought about that.
1: So I'll say yes to both. It's both. (laughs) It's both. Um, It's both going to
0: normalize us because everyone thinks we're crazy, and it's going to be taken for granted because nobody thinks we're crazy. Go. Basically.
1: Um, uh, Because on the one hand, look, Israel has a certain reputation. Israel is in the Western news more than – Many other places around the world, right? Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever done it. Probably someone's done. It. I'm sure someone's done a survey, but I've, you know, how much Israel is compared, you know, percentage wise, shows up on first page, second page, third page, but we know, you know, at least, uh, our intu- intuitively, we know that it it gets a fair amount of uh, of attention. So it is seen as as something as something a little, you know, as different and a lot of that attention is, is is not always positive, right? It's let's say it's at least um not. So um that that is, you know, when Conan makes his joke about coming to Israel before he comes, he says you know, well, I think something about America is like going crazy, so I'm going to go to an, like a normal place in the Middle East, like Israel, right? And everybody laughs because, like, you know, Israel is perceived right. as crazy, so you know, it's like a crazy place to be, not that war, like you know what I mean? So that's true. That was his joke when he left. So that, so, so there is that perception on the one, the one, hand. On the other hand, it's like. At least professionally, and you know, all of a sudden, Israel has become a not only a resource for high tech, and maybe that's what we're talking a little bit about. Not only a resource for high tech, but it's now becoming more and more resource for for television and movies, with Israeli um, actors being actors and actresses being. Actually, I don't think we say actresses anymore. I think we just say actors. I think
0: I yeah, I've heard people still say actress, but I notice. Most just say actors.
1: Yeah. So um, uh, and, and, and TV shows, you know, to prepare last night, I was like, oh, I better go watch Fauda. I better figure out what this thing is about a little bit. People keep talking about
0: the Netflix show about the Shabak, the
1: uh, Israeli. Yeah, an yeah. uh, undercover unit that goes into the Arab areas. Uh, I watched a couple episodes of it, which was like also bizarre because it's dubbed. I didn't never remember dubbed things in America.
0: Well, that's that's weird. Well, yeah, I remember yeah. dubbed things, but there hasn't been dubbing. In a, usually they do subtitles now.
1: So they did sub, And this is the interesting. They subtitles for the Arabic and dubbed for the Hebrew.
0: Huh, that is weird. I have to watch that just as a teacher because students ask me yeah. about it, and I haven't seen it yet.
1: Well, that's what pushed me because we were having this conversation the other day, and you said that, and then I said, well, we're doing this. I'm, well, why are people watching this? It's pretty good. I mean, that was pretty tense. Yeah, and of course, though, why haven't either of us watched it till now? uh i have a theory okay what's your theory
0: my theory is that when because of our day job when we get home and we want to watch something entertaining we watch last ship or something like that which has nothing to do with what we do in our day job
1: i like homeland i mean i guess it doesn't have anything to do with our day job either but i I don't
0: watch homeland but i i i I started watching uh which homeland was based on i got bored after a while
1: i don't think was so good I, i couldn't make it through. A I felt of it got a little soap opera,
0: but that's another example of Western entertainment. There's a new so show coming out apparently about, about Homeland comes Scott's from got soap
1: opera in the first couple years. Also, I, yeah, I, never, I, I never, saw
0: it, but um, there's so also there's also a show coming out now about kids in a boarding school, which is based oh, on an Israeli so TV so show.
1: I, my daughter went wild cause my friend, actually, my friend, I saw, uh, she's a, re- a journalist at Times of Israel, Jessica Steinberg. She just wrote an article yesterday about this new. Um, TV show that's coming out called The Greenhouse, which was the in Israel is an Israel tweeny um, show called The Hamama, Greenhouse. It's about a boarding school kids and they all kinds of intrigue and. Tension and stuff Not just about like Kid stuff But like saving the world Or whatever And my daughter loves it Right My daughter loves that show Now she's like appalled That they're like Replacing the actors With American. Americans And you know Americanizing And all that uh, Even though she's excited That like that's happening And so So Israel's become Like this re- Like not only a high tech resource But now a resource For the entertainment industry At least when it comes to Can I ask you An anti-Semitic question? Oh yeah I love anti-Semitic questions
0: uh, Is this because Israel Is at the cutting edge Of creating popular culture that's consumable in the west or is this because every hollywood is run by jews and so they're just connecting and taking things from israel
1: uh good question Um, uh, probably both (laughs) (laughs) you're such a jew (laughs) i'm not so sure i'm not so sure if we are westernized like we're such a great place for the west as much as um, yeah, you, know, you just have a – there is a sub, subset of very of very um, talented people here like you have in any country.
0: I mean you do have it from other countries. You have movies that are based on Korean movies and you have TV shows that are bench, based – certainly Great Britain but that's not – there's nothing new about that. But even France or
1: uh, – I'm just trying to think of ones that I even know I think, about. I, think, I mean I think maybe part of it is as the industry is always looking to innovate. So they're trying to tap markets that are – that are innovative and, are, and will seem as different from America, you know, like America as possible. something fresh and new. Yeah, exactly. Well, you also have another problem that in the entertainment
0: industry now you have all these new uh, media outlets opening, these new vehicles for content, and so they're desperately looking for content that they can access and put out. So successful
1: models in other countries that are somewhat repackaged, they're going to try everywhere. And you have it's like you know I was sort of always say you, you you have good talent everywhere all over the world. And there's no like, better play, you know, everybody creates. There's all kinds of interesting, brilliant people all over the world. So if they can tap into that, that's kind of a cool thing. Um, And one thing I did read in the article, which, which I found interesting, is, again, it has to do with Israel's Particular social economic framework of being a very small country and having actors that need to be very versatile because they, you see the same actors on Israeli TV. So do you see it's the same cadre of actors? Yeah. yeah, because it's you know it's a small, really small group of people that really can can make a living at it, and it also forces a very low budget, um, you know, industry where they really have to. Be tight, you know, really be tight and work, uh, work well with what they have. So that also forces a certain amount of talent that comes out in a different way than you would find in a big market with lots of money and over flooded and that kind of thing. So uh, that being said, there's certainly
0: a, a certain amount of garbage being created here in Israel that's of yeah. low quality.
1: Yeah, of course. There's garbage created everywhere. I mean, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, the bigger the market, the bigger the garbage. So here it's right. a smaller market, smaller, but still.
0: But you're going to have, right, you're going to have, there's a, if you want to have production value, you have to be very resourceful and creative to make things look good so that they're even, yeah. you would even consider bringing it to the West. And you also have Israeli films. You know, you have Israeli films in the Academy Awards over the last right. 15, 20 years in the foreign film. I mean, that's... I don't remember Salah Shabati being nominated. Was it nominated for an Oscar? Yeah, I don't no, think so. But they weren't taking it into consideration. It's a little the bit...
1: Nineties was the first time anything came in. I don't remember what it was, but...
0: Uh, I remember... Uh, when is... Uh, there's that one, uh, HaHezder? I forgot what it's called in English. About not the not Hezder not, guys? That is that, that the 2000s? Me. Yeah, I think it got, I I got a foreign picture nomination.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was interesting. Um, yes, but it's also... It's definitely a recent thing within the last two decades. Um, but it also could be a response to Israel's... You know, the whole Oslo thing also, Israel becoming more normalized in the world, even with the conflict continuing. So it's funny. So do you think, I guess what that leads
0: me to is, do you think that we as people who worry about Israel, do not pay, to go back to Louis C.K., are we not appreciating how normalized Israel is and always panicking about how we're treated differently when, as a matter of fact, we've achieved an astonishing level of normalization around the world? Is that fair to say?
1: I think it's not only fair to say, but I think it's also obvious that we would be that way with our 2,000-year-old history of exile and being, being you know, vulnerable. <laughs> I mean, one could say, well, why are you getting so uptight about a, a, a group of white men who march on a university campus – you know seeing saying anti semitic slogans when they're not in Virginia even, you mean yeah Virginia and Charlottesville and the University of Virginia when they're not even a percentage point on the uh on the um um on the you know statistics, but we with our history, I think we have the right to be very sensitive <laughs> and overly cautious and paranoid i mean as we, you know the famous saying goes just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you well not only that, but you don't you
0: you want to and sort of whether you think the ADL always does a great job or not, the Anti-Defamation League, the idea is if you call it out, you don't want it to fester and grow without you paying attention to it because there's historical models. If you just say, yeah, it's a bunch of loonies and they're never going to amount to anything, that could lead to real trouble in the long run. So you want to call it out. On the other hand, you want to strike a balance where you also appreciate how well Israel has established itself around the world in business, in technology, in medicine, in culture, in literature, uh, in 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 all sorts of arts, where Israel is a normal accepted part of the Western world and operates that way, so much so that the number one movie star of the summer is a very clearly was chosen for her Israeliness. In other words, I thought that was actually as a comic book nerd, I thought that was a very interesting choice because okay, now comes the nerdy part <laughs> because as Princess Diana of the which is this foreign little island, and then she goes into the world of of normal what we think of you know of western society she should seem foreign and so her accent uh is an and, and it was really fun watching all these american actresses have to fake
1: an israeli accent in that movie and it, it it's it should feel foreign to us it should uh, so uh, two things i may i have to come clean i have not seen it um, okay this has been the J- no, just kidding. but I do want to ask you the way you just described it is that not also how the world sort of perceives the, norm- so the normal perception of Israel in the world we're kind of western and we can fit in but we're kind of not we're like this little island out in the middle of nowhere
0: yeah I think, I think that's a great call which I didn't think of as somebody who saw the movie because, because that foreignness adds to her charm and, and you should, I, I think you should see the movie. I will tell you that it is an absolutely, I think, irrational reaction. The sense of Zionist pride you have watching. Okay, I'm an old man. What can I say? This nice Israeli lady running through the movie. So and, not
1: that old. That's like our parents. <laughs> nice Israeli lady. That's our parents' life. I have both the emotional
0: maturity of a 10-year-old and also I'm, I have the emotional... Uh, wearing out of a 90 year old what can i tell you but uh uh <laughs> but first of all and it, first of all part of it is and there's there's a, there's a thing about movie stars that goes beyond their acting talent and maybe there are more talented actors in in the world but there le- are definitely more talented actors than, let's say humphrey bogart or you know and there's something about him that's just riveting on screen there's something that people have like, and I don't know how to define it and I'm not gonna this is not a pop culture actor studio conversation. There's something that people can get across on camera, a certain chain, a certain charm, a certain charisma. Sure. She clearly has it. And and to see it and, and, and it comes across as Israeli, and I don't want to spoil the movie for you, so I'm not gonna say anything in the movie, other than just describe in general, she's frustrated with bureaucracies that allow evil to proceed without immediate intervention. And that comes across mm. with her Israeli personality is very powerful. It's, it's an intolerance for, for, for bystanding evil. And she just, why don't we just go in and clean it up? Well, you can't, this is England. This is World War One. There are things that have to be done. And her, her utter, Lack of understanding of why a woman would be perceived differently in this conversation than a man. Why, why would you take a woman any less seriously? There's something, and, it, and it's it's a movie, it's a confection, it's you know, it's cotton candy, and yet, irrationally, the sense of Zionist pride, pride of this Israeli making moral claims to the people around her, you Europeans are not living up to my standard that I learned on my island.
2: Uh, for me, I feel so privileged to be for the, for the opportunity that was given to me. Right. And I'm so honored to be the one who's gonna tell Wonder Woman's story. Mm-hmm. I love this character. I love everything about her and everything she represents. Love and compassion and peace and equality and truth. And she's the perfect woman. Sure.
0: It's so powerful. I, I can tell you, it just as a psychological Zionist experience, it was wonderful.
1: Uh, by the way, clearly women, I'm not talking about Jewish women, women had a similar reaction Correct. when you had women's showings. And women are taking to her as a symbol of, of strong uh, feminism or womanhood, whatever you want to call well, it. It
0: was sort of put that way. In other words, it, you know, it was presented as... You know, when she sees wounded soldiers, she can't walk by them. She has this, and you know, however we define feminist, feminine versus masculine, or you know, whatever that means, you have this feeling because it's a woman. It could have been a man saying, "I have to help that soldier," but because it's a woman, you feel it as a sense of, "I don't care about your masculine mission. I have to go take care of that person." It comes across as feminine. So people, unless you're James Cameron, who's an expert on the feminist perspective, apparently, uh, uh, absolutely, it struck a a, a chord with women and people found it very empowering. But as a Zionist, I found that feeling as well. It wasn't just hometown girl makes it big. Good for her. I feel good because it's not just like there's a sense of pride when, when Israelis do well in the Olympics. Because look at us, we're, or, we're, Jews. or Jews, or even Jews, and you're like, ah, a small little people. Look at us; we did, we done good, you know. And there's the pride in that. But there was something about this that was beyond that. That there was an Israeli. She had chutzpah. She was rude, but she was moral to her core, and in in a way that frustrated people who care about bureaucracy and and systems. That came across, and again, this is a Zionist viewer. I don 't think other people around the world saw it that way, but there was something there was real Zionist nachus. What could I tell you, even though I don't think that really makes sense?
1: Well, I think it, I mean I think what you're saying is that it resonated with what you determined to be Zionist values, um, which in many times uh, intersect or cross over or de- directly related to certain Western values. Um, and so, uh, there you know, it makes sense. It felt like Israel having a voice in the in the Western
0: civilization conversation about how to be moral, not not just not as victims and not as recipients of, of other people's beneficence as uh, as actors. It made me feel like we have something to teach you. Also, we are part. We have something to give to the conversation about how to make human society better. Don't ignore us. We have something to say.
1: So so I'm going to ask you a question, which is really, we can't really answer. Okay. We can't really answer so much. But, like, so here's this clearly out, proud Israeli Jewish woman who, you know, um, uh, is representing all these things. So... Take it out of, you know, Mike and Alan, two Jews looking, you know, talking about this movie or seeing this movie and through a Zionist lens and some person in middle America or where have you. How do you so how do you think that like how does this serve her as the symbol of this Wonder Woman? What is it doing for Israel? Is it is it normalizing Israel? Is it giving a voice to certain values that people say? Like what? You understand my question?
0: Yeah, I think I think I think in general, and this I do think is similar to the Conan O'Brien clips. I don't know how what his viewings are, but just people we're 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 in such a web of popular culture that things travel around and other people see it. I think I mean I think this is there there obviously you're reaching enormous numbers of people with a. You can, you can have impact on a person that's very deep. But to do that, you have to spend, you know, we do a gap year course where we teach students for a year, you know, an hour and a half a week, which isn't in a lifetime a large amount of time. But it's a lot longer than a two-hour Wonder Woman movie. So as teachers, you can have a deep, you know, uh, transformative relationship. The student can learn so much in a class. And so can the teacher, because this is a, an intense, deep experience. But your numbers have to be relatively small. What Gal Gadot and Conan O'Brien are doing this summer is they're creating this mass messaging, which will hit who knows how many people. Millions. She alone, for sure, millions, millions. But it won't go deep. Do you know what I mean? Like it'll, it'll. Yeah. It's part of a fabric of things that Israel does, and and and. Look, I think very often Israeli businesses, you know, like Waze doesn't label itself as Israeli. A lot of products, a lot of businesses don't label themselves Israeli because they don't want to get into controversy. And I understand that from a business perspective. Maybe, do I? They want to sell. Yeah. But maybe that's wrong. Maybe, Maybe, you know, more important than money is the fact that people have to understand Israel has very unique challenges for a democracy. And, you know, we talk about that a lot. But it's also not just a normal democracy. It's a thriving, creative, energized, beautiful, flourishing democracy functioning well above its weight class in contribution and communication to the world. So, so every little message like that, I think, empowers us to, to move forward, to reach our infinite ideal, as Herzl called it, of Zionism, which is moral and spiritual perfection.
1: So I'm going to end with a plug for Jerusalem U because Jerusalem U works on both these levels, right? Jerusalem U is strongly committed to telling Israel and the Jewish story through film. Um, as well as of course supporting, you know, online classes and online courses and and yeah, uh, I don't think of it I don't course. think of it and I don't think you do either. I don't think it's both levels. I think right. Jerusalem U
0: works across a whole spectrum of levels. Right. They have things that are for depth and things that are for surface to sort of catch and bring the conversation going. And it's all it all works along a continuum of, you know, how many can we reach versus how deep can we get, and that's that's, I you know we had our our team meeting yesterday, and it just made me feel very proud to be part of an organization which not only a great mission but is really growing and doing better. It's a it's a cool place, Jerusalem. You, yeah. I'm with you.
1: Awesome. Rate us on itunes <laughs>
0: yeah we, we, we i know these always as a listener these always sound desperate and i do i guess about based on the blogs i listen uh, blogs based on the podcast i listen to i probably actually listen to about a third and go and rate them and i as a as a podcast maker
1: we're just getting pushed by marketing to do this
0: <laughs> no but they're right i think you know that's a good point all right well if you have any thoughts about this this is probably we should have done this episode with chloe it just occurred to me now because she's so passionate about this. Well, we'll send it to her. Maybe she could post a, a <laughs> comment. Shoot. I didn't think of that.
1: Yep.
0: So, sorry, <laughs> Chloe. Uh, uh, so thanks so much, Alan.
1: Thank you, Mike.
0: Uh, and stay tuned next week. I think it'll be a very interesting episode. We already know our topic. I'm not. Should I preview it? No. Uh, stay tuned. Bye-bye. This has been J.U. Israel, the Teacher's Lounge Podcast. Please check out our website, juisrael.jerusalemu.org, for episodes, blog posts, and contact information. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever you use for podcasts. But you knew that, right? Uh, You can follow our Facebook page at the Teacher's Lounge Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at juisraelgap. Please keep in touch with us with questions, comments, feedback, and suggestions. And... If you know somebody who would enjoy our podcast in general or an episode in particular, we love it when people recommend us. Thank you, guys.